Father's Day. Come on, won't you stand with us right now as we worship our amazing God. Come on, let's worship our fathers. We've got coffee and donuts later, but let's just soak in this freedom right now. Come on, here we go.
Amen. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who wait. Have you ever played the waiting game before? I think we're familiar with waiting games, like um, especially if you're like at the very beginning or before a romance begins. Anyone remember that stage? And you do a little bit of righteous flirting. Jaron, did you do some righteous flirtation to get Megan? Righteous. And you play the waiting game. Have you ever engaged in the waiting game with God? Because there are times when the Lord makes you wait. And as a culture, we don't like to wait. Don't want to wait. As a culture, as a people, we will um, invent ways to speed up the process, don't we? I don't wait for Andrea. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send her a car. I'm going to send her like... You know, we, we invent all kinds of things. The, the thing is with the Lord, those strategies don't work. The journey of being a disciple and apprentice of Jesus is a journey where we continually engage and we are learning and we are relearning and then we are learning again how to wait upon the Lord because it is those who wait upon the Lord their strength is renewed and if what we sang is true he is the only one who can I mean he's the only one who can we sing it here in church we walk out and say you know what Lord I know you said you can but I'm going to have a crack isn't that right isn't that the story of God's people isn't that the story of Abraham and Sarah like you can but you know what hey guys over there I reckon we might try this route and we see how that kind of ends but if what they we are singing is true that he is the only one who can he can turn bones into armies he can turn dry places into reservoirs He can take our beaten up, broken, dysfunctional past and create and form it into something that actually literally changes the world for his glory. If he's the only one who can do that, well then I as a child of God and as a disciple of Jesus Christ, I have to, there are no other options. I have to relearn and then learn again how to wait on the Lord. How to wait. Father, we come before you this morning. We recognize, acknowledge your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the waves of your beautiful presence just washing over hearts and souls. Where there's weariness, Father, I ask there'll be replenishment. Where there's confusion, I pray there'll be moments of clarity. Where there's anxiety, come Holy Spirit and bring your peace. And as we sit here as your family, Teach us once again how to wait, how to be patient, how to sit, how to come to the altar, and how to receive. I pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful thing to come together, eh? I missed you guys last week. It was Kayla's birthday and um, I was watching you online. How good was Brett and Marnie last week? Is anyone here for that? Now, Brett, Brett told me, Marnie, it's not going to work, but the problem is, like, we heard you. We saw you in a microphone. I'm just saying. <laughs> you guys did so well. Awesome. Thank you so much for blessing us. Um, so beautiful to have gifts in our church. Happy Father's Day to all the fellas. Who's a, who's a dad here? Now put your hand up nice and proud. How about we give them a great hand? Fathers. Um, Aaron's hands are kind of in the hand, but he's playing the guitar as well. Father's Day's here. I've actually got Father's Day socks on. Apparently I'm the best dad. According only to Jackson. Kayla, do you think I'm the best dad? Good, because I would hope you haven't got another dad somewhere. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to be a, a father. So happy Father's Day to all the dads. Um, this is a day where... Um, the intention um, is to bring honor and the intention is to celebrate and the intention is to say well done enjoy today just absolutely enjoy today okay it's not easy being a dad and I know it's not easy being a mum but Mother's Day was earlier on this year today is Father's Day I don't want to get those things mixed up because we're living more and more in a divisive world. But on this particular day, I just want to say, well done, fellas. Keep going. Stay faithful. Keep loving. Stay soft. Even when it is difficult, even when it is hard, even when you mess up, stuff up, break things up, and we know you're doing your best. And you know what? If we were able to look back over the years, you'd be able to see that every year you are growing, you are progressing. You are maturing and we want to celebrate you and also want to let you know that we need you to actually live out your faith among us so we can observe it. Our kids, my kids need you, need you, Jaron, to live out your faith. You know, little Jackson and Kayla, they'll look at me, but it's going to speak a whole different way when they see Richard living out his faith. You know, so, man, living out his faith. So we're so glad um, to have you here. And... Um, don't know what else to say about that, um, but happy Father's Day. <laughs> happy Father's Day. Uh, we've got um, um, donuts after the service, so um, that'll, that'll be good. Couldn't find any jokes about um, donuts. Apparently, there's a couple of websites that give fa um, Father's Day jokes for 2022. So um, here's one What do you call cheese that isn't yours? Nacho cheese. What lies at the bottom of the ocean and twitches? Oh, you didn't know that one. A nervous wreck. Come on, that's all right. Anyway, I'm not going to keep on going with that. <laughs> we could be here all day. Anyway, beautiful. Um, so we've got um, um, donuts after. We have um, Larissa's lattes outside for coffee, which is great. Has anyone had a coffee so far? Man, I had a flat white Nala made it and it was amazing. It was awesome. So make sure you grab a coffee over there as well. Um, offering. Let's take a moment to receive our offering. 
Um, once again, we want to thank you so much for your faithfulness, for your giving, and and um, for calling New Spring Church home. And there are different ways that we can give. There's direct debit. There's our um, apps. You can give online, and also there is um, the opportunity to give via cash, which our service team will come now. So. I'm going to pray for you, and um, then our service team will come and collect that. So, God, we thank you for this day. I thank you for every person in this house. And um, as we receive this offering, I pray that you will bless it. We ask for wisdom, as we always do, that we would use it well, that you would open up doors, that we would see your kingdom break in and break forth into this area, Lord. Father, we look forward to the 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 years' time when we see generation upon generation upon generation coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and living in wholeness and in completeness. We're seeing families restored and lives being brought back together, Lord. And we thank you for that. And we thank you that we can be part of that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. There's a couple of announcements before we have um, an interview. Um, camp is coming up. Is everyone aware of that? We've been banging on that for a while now, so everyone should know camp is coming up. It is happening on the 14th to 16th of October, and um, it is going to be absolutely phenomenal. We've never had a church camp, um, so this is, well, I would hope this is going to be the first of many. We've already got um, a lot of people who've registered. Just letting you know that registrations are going to close on September 25, just to help us with our organization of that. But if we reach our limit before that, that will close as well, because there's only a certain amount of people we can take and um, we're literally straight on the beach so um, the kids are going to have an absolute cracker of a time it's about 20 minutes walk down to like the the shops and the cafes and all that it's just going to be a beautiful time and the, the biggest part of what we're doing is that we're just going to actually have a lot of space for us to actually get to know each other a bit more have some conversations just do family stuff rehearse the victory of christ in its purest form and that is family so um that's going to be awesome. Um, also letting you know in a couple of weeks' time, September 18, everyone say September 18. September 18, we're going to have our next church dinner. Does everyone love church dinners? Again, this is a higher expression of what the church actually is. Um, so September 18, no 9 a.m. service. We're going to come here 5 p.m. Tables are going to be out and we're going to eat together. The New Testament used to do this very, very regularly. They used to call it the love feast, the agape feast. You might read in the Bible and you talk about the Lord's Supper. Well, the Lord's Supper was actually this agape feast. And now uh, we're going to come together and I pray that we're going to feast together on September 18. It's going to be really good. Um, next week, just letting you know, um, <clears throat> we've had youth care are going to be coming in and sharing. And um, youth care um, coordinate the majority of chaplaincy in um, public schools all over the state. And um, we are wanting to um, um, start a, a, a new conversation um, in light of next year. So there's a new area chaplain who's around. His name's Timothy Wood. He is awesome. He's better looking than me. He's more theologically trained than me. He's probably a better speaker than me. Um, I might just feel really terrible. After, no, but he really has his heart to actually see something happen with um Gosnells and Armadale and actually bringing that together. Um, so it's going to be great to hear from his heart um, next week when it comes to youth care. And um, lastly, before um, I get Larissa up, um, on September 25, we are having our big give. And everyone said, yes. does everyone like air conditioning? Yeah. All right. And everyone said, yeah. yeah. <laughs> big give. Um, I sent an email out. Um, good news is we got requoted. 
So a couple of weeks ago, I said, um, the quote's coming in, it looks like it's going to be 50K. And everyone went, man, we're getting 50K? Um, but, I mean, it makes sense. It's a pretty big area. We got requoted, thanks to Mr. Becker. Thank you, my man. Um, so it's looking about $35,000 to put air conditioning in. Okay, so on September 25, we're going to be taking up an offering. And um, there's going to be opportunity going to give via cash. If you're going to give via direct debit, can you please put in the description, Big Give? You can even start doing that now, um, however you want to do it. That way we can just allocate the money appropriately. But the heart is that we actually want to make sure that this house is actually fitted right for its function. And its function is that this is a house of worship. And I understand that we are the people of God, we are the church of Jesus Christ, but when we gather here on a Sunday, the functionality is that we are a house of worship. And we want to make sure that um, the place is safe and that we don't have to go outside like last summer um, when it gets up to 40 degrees. So that's happening, and um, I'm just praying that we can all be part of that. And uh, I know there's some people who can't give a lot, just give whatever you can. And you know what the history of this church is? We give what we can, and God seems to make up the rest. And he seems to multiply stuff and he seems to do things. And we're one of those churches that seems to do a lot with very, very little. So it's not necessarily the amount. My heart is that all of us can actually give something. So uh, make sure you mark that in your calendar, in your diary, September 25. Big give. And that's going to be fantastic. And now I'm going to hand over to Larissa. And she is going to interview someone. Can we give Larissa a great hand? Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's Father's Day, so best to get a father up today. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, Andrew, what does your week look like? Um, yeah, so uh, I don't know, I'm a dad. I'm pretty busy. Uh, I work a full-time job. Um, yeah, spend Wednesday nights here pretty much most weeks. Um, and then, you know, weekends with the kids. Um, we've been really... I suppose, diligent in our decisions. Um, and from day one, I've pretty much decided that, um, you know, I, I live my life for my family uh, and work takes definite second stage to that. Yeah. And so how do you think you bring Jesus into your week? Um, yeah, so we sort of bring... Like, I bring Jesus into my week by, like blessing others with my time um, so only uh, allowing my wife also to go out and bless others with her time um, you know we're there for you know like our friends and family and um, yeah sort of that kind of thing I mean I work in a big office so I get to put um, music on in my headphones and I love walking around the office and like like singing over people and praying over people without them knowing um, <laughs> Like, I really loved doing that, yeah. yeah. And how do you think you bless people during the week or year? Um, yeah, so basically by giving time is probably, you know, our biggest thing. Um, we, we sort of personally carve out time and, you know, we, we actually allocate time within our week, within a month and within a year for others. Um... You know, we make sure that you know we're there for those people when they need them. You know, they call us and that's it. You just drop whatever you're doing and you go do what you need to do. Uh, I serve here in the church in the church family, so I'm on the production team. So this is not normally where I stand. 
Um, I serve on the church board. Uh, I try and do what I can with this building and try and, you know, keep it going. Um, and ultimately, I serve our pastor and our executive pastor. Whatever they need, I'll deliver. Yeah, well, saving 15000 is pretty good already. <laughs> it's pretty good service. And, yeah, and time is just, um, you know... You just can't measure time. It's so valued. And I think our um, generation and people these days just don't have enough time for people. So that's a real blessing. Thank you. Now, so how can the church pray for you? Um, Yeah, this is one I sort of struggle with because, I don't know, I'm kind of one of those people that just keeps everything to myself. Um, But I was sort of just thinking, uh, you know, wisdom in leadership, uh, in wisdom in a family, you know, it's, yeah, it's hard being a, a dad, I suppose. It's just, yeah, wisdom in all of that, really. Start a new job tomorrow, so... Cool. Um, yeah, that'd be good to pray for leading into that. So, yeah. Cool. Well, I'll pray for you right now. But during the week, if you can all um, lift up Becca in your prayers um, with what he just mentioned. So, dear Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful father and how much he values his family and um, make sure that they're his priority. Thank you for that he's got a new job. I pray that that goes well tomorrow. And I just pray you overflow him with wisdom and understanding in all his parts of his life, in his leadership, in his fathering and in all the ministries and the way he blesses people. And just thank you once again for this beautiful man. pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you. That's great. Beautiful. Just stay there for a moment, Larissa. Um, I haven't forgotten the kids. Kids are dismissed straight after this. No, don't move yet, Kayla. <laughs> Larissa, I could ask you the same questions, but your um, weeks are going to be changing, I would dare say, because of that beautiful trailer out there, which everyone has seen. And um, so you've started a new venture. Do you want to just quickly tell us about it? Because as a church, I'd love to actually pray for you. I want to pray for the business. I want to bless that. And um, we actually want to see that do really, really well. So how about you just give us a bit of a, a snapshot? Yeah, well, um, last time I was up here not interviewing people, I was doing stuff with Sports Chaplaincy Australia. Um, someone else has taken over that role um, because of different circumstances. And I've thought, how could I bless people and get connected here in Perth? Because one of my problems was connections. Um, and, yeah, I dreamed up buying a coffee trailer and selling coffees because who doesn't love a coffee? I don't, but <laughs> everyone else Wait a minute, you do. don't like coffee? No, I don't drink tea oh, or man. coffee. All right. But I do know how to let's make... Let's just mark this and in a year's time, let's find out. <laughs> we'll revisit this. But if I give someone a good coffee, then I'm blessing them and making them happy. And I really just love making people happy. So we just bought that coffee trailer. We've got council... Um, approval to be a business and to serve coffee and food safety but I don't have council approval to serve in council land yet so that's going to be a couple of weeks 
Um, I'm not sure where I will be during the week. So at the moment, I'm at the my kids' Southern Hills Christian College School in the morning and here on Sunday. Um, be generous today because it's my daughter Nala's first time serving everyone. And this morning, she forgot to write all the coffees down. <laughs> so I was like, what are you doing? Um, but, you know, learning curves for kids, it's great. And I was, as I was standing back there, I thought on the 25th, I'll be back here um, on the 25th. That's okay. I haven't talked to Brett yet. But I thought all profits and everything could go towards the big give. I thought that would be a good way cool. to give. Beautiful. Well, can we pray for you? This is a new thing. So how about just maybe put it in hand or disengage. So, Father, we thank you so much for Larissa. We thank you for this step out in faith. And, um, Father, pray your blessing upon this business as she uh, moves forward with this. We pray for favor. And, um, Father, I even pray that she gets a taste for coffee. Heavenly juice. And, um, but we do thank you for um, Andrew, Larissa, and the kids. And we ask that you will continue to lead them forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much. Thank you. Amen. All right, kids, you can be dismissed. And um, for the rest of us, how about we stand and worship as we get ready to hear what God would say to us today. Amen.
Father, we honor you in this place. With hearts postured towards you, minds alert, we ask that you would speak, that you would move one word, Lord, just one word, one whisper, to change a trajectory, to bring hope, to give perspective that that mountain and that giant, we think that there are grasshoppers in our own hearts, but that mountain, that giant, that's the grasshopper. Give us perspective and say we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. We can grab a seat, beautiful people. Thank you, worship team. Can we give our worship team a hand? We are uncommonly blessed to have such an incredible, beautiful team that lead us. And um, cool. You guys ready to hear what God would say to us? I am. I feel like I need to be down there, and, um, but I need to be up here as well. Maybe in the future there might be technology that can do that. That's crazy. Maybe that. <laughs> Well, today is Father's Day, so in light of Father's Day, um, we are not going to do a Father's Day message. Um, I have three more opportunities to um, speak in 2022 before we kind of head off on long service leave, and I feel um, that it's three opportunities to actually try to set our mindset and set our heart for what is to come in 2023. So I'm praying that we would be attentive and um, all of us, myself included, just really be intrigued um, as to what God is doing um, in our church in this generation. And I think curiosity is one of the most profound things that we could really cultivate in our lives. So I want to be curious. So in light of that, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 54. I'm going to read verses 1 to 10. If you have your Bibles, how about you grab that? This um, 10 verses won't be up on the screen. If you have um, the version or another Bible app, you can grab that as well. There are sermon notes on our app as well um, for later on. I'm going to read from the NIV, Isaiah 54, verse 1 to 10. Is anyone there in their Bibles? No? Did anyone bring their Bible to church? Is that like, man, Dave, that's just so 1980s, bringing your Bible to church. <laughs> Seeing a barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labor. Because more of the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will... Forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband, the Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called the God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back and if you were a wife, as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit. A wife who married young only to be rejected, says your God. For a brief moment I abandoned you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. In a surge of anger, I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. To me, this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, 
never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. This is God's word. The title of today's message is, When is it time to sing? Let's pray. Father, as we approach this passage and these next moments, Lord, Father, I ask for a reframing in our heart that you would allow us to see some things as you see them and to once again be delighted in your story and where we are positioned in your story, Lord. Take hold of us as your church, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, last week I had a great opportunity. I was asked by um, Churches of Christ if I would head over to Sydney with um, six young, we call them emerging leaders. I hate that word emerging because these guys are not emerging. They're leaders in their own right. And they're not really that young. I mean, like, I mean, Trevor think they're young. They're like late 20s, early 30s. But nevertheless, I was asked to um, go and... um, be, be one of, of, of the leaders and mentors to actually go over. And, and what Churches of Christ Australia did, they gathered 70 young leaders in one place in Sydney um, just to actually start intentionally investing and putting in. They asked, Dave, will you come and actually be a mentor um, for these um, half a week or so, this three days that we um, are going to gather these people? And there were some great speakers, some great moments. We had like guys like Tim Costello and Jossie Chucko and, and Melinda Dwight and some great input was over there, and, um, and um, yeah, so it was great, and I got to rub shoulders with people from all over um, Australia, which is great. To be honest, I really wasn't looking forward to going. Um, people think, man, what a great opportunity. To be honest, I actually don't like leaving Andrea and the kids uh, more than, like, seriously. Like, I'll, like, like, even, like, when I went, I'm gone there, I, I land in Sydney, it's about half an hour, I mean, I'm missing my kids already. Um, I'm not one of those... People are not really one of those ministers that likes to go. And also, um, it's just so happened that it meant that I would actually have to spend my birthday over in Sydney. And I do not recommend spending your birthday in another state because, like, um, you know, it's just, it's just not great. Um, so, uh, like, I was asked to do it. I kind of went like, okay, yeah, it's great. It's nice to be asked. And, but in my heart, I was kind of reluctant. And, um, but nevertheless went. And um, it turns out that this was three days where I seemed to get like, set up by God uh, quite a number of times, which really, really surprised me. Really, really surprised me. Um, go into this place. And have you ever been to a place and there's a bunch of Christians and you can see that there are some people and for some reason they're really intrigued with you. I get this quite often. They're intrigued with you. They don't even know who you are, but they're like eyeballing you. It's like, I'm trying to think, have I done anything to upset you? I mean, I've only just landed. I know I'm a West Australian, but have I done anything to upset you? And, um, but I kind of knew, okay, uh, for some reason I've got this tension. So there's quite a few of these um, leaders um, over in... Um, um, oh, sorry, bro, the normal slide, not that series, Derek. Um, so over there, and turns out uh, we're in this Church of Christ conference and um, we've got these spirit-filled, charismatic um, leaders who coming up and they start like pointing me out, giving me stuff, talking to me. And the head of um, um, Churches of Christ, the chairperson, um, he actually kind of like has a bit of a chat and, um, and um, one night he, he starts praying for me, which is like really nice, and then he starts prophesying over me. 
which is kind of unexpected. That is not what I expected to happen um, over there. So that was kind of like a bit of a setup. Before all this kind of stuff happened, um, I was in worship and um, it was just lovely to gather with other brothers and sisters like from other states and actually worship Jesus. And, and just um, before even worship and all that, God spoke to me something a little bit odd. A little bit odd. He said, Dave, I want you to start preaching again. Preaching again. And um, I kind of knew exactly what that meant. For the last four years at New Spring Church, I have intentionally wanted to be teaching. Um, we've been in teaching mode for the last four years. If you think about the series of what we've been doing, it's actually been real teaching mode. And um, the intent, at least my intent, has been to unpack and to explain the Bible story uh, for us as New Spring Church because I'm very much aware that the biblical literacy of Christians in Western Australia is not necessarily high. In fact, it's actually quite low. The people I um, engage with, um, there are a number of times I've even said, I, I have a suspicion that um, we, we, we worship a Jesus and we profess a Jesus who we don't necessarily know. And that's kind of been our journey of going through um, Scripture, to actually discover who is this Jesus? What is this kingdom about? What is this story about that I've actually been engrafted into? I've kind of discovered along my journey that a lot of Christians, they may know um, Bible verses, they may be very good at Bible memorization, but biblical understanding is different to memorizing a verse. I would much rather anyone in this church understand one verse and memorize chapters and chapters and chapters and chapters. I would much rather us understand because in all I get and get understanding, right? Understanding is what unleashes wisdom in your life. What is wisdom? Wisdom is a way of living. You're only going to live wisely before God and before man if we understand what this story is actually about. And I also understand and recognize that um, the older we get in our faith, I mean, like, who's been a Christian for, like, 20-plus years? Yeah? Here's the deal. The older we are in faith, the more vulnerable we are, you know? I've been a Christian for a long time, and I'm very much aware that the more I walk this thing, the more vulnerable I am um, to actually knowing the story and for the story to actually just really burn in my bones, burn in my bones. And the problem is I've been teaching for so long now, when God says, Dave, I want you to start preaching again, I don't, I'm not sure if I even know how to preach anymore. So I have to relearn how to preach again because teaching is about ex Explaining, preaching is about proclaiming. So I'm going to have a crack at preaching today. Is that all right? Yeah. All right. Let's see if I remember how to do this. Sing, barren woman. Here's the question I have, and this is the question for all of us. When exactly is the right time to sing? When? When should we sing? Now, I'll tell you what. I was at the footy. My brother took me to the footy last night. I mean, that first quarter, there ain't no singing. I had one crazy woman beside me. I shouldn't call her crazy. She was a fanatic. She was a true disciple of the Fremantle Dockers. You should have heard her. Oh, my goodness. The umpiring this and the umpiring that and stay off my piercing and blah, 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 blah. Oh, my goodness. There was no singing in that first quarter. Let me tell you, by the third quarter, whoo. But when exactly is the right time to sing? Well, that completely depends on if you are the people of God or not. 
because that determines a lot. I mean, if you're not, there's obviously appropriate times when you should be singing and you could be singing. But as the people of God, when exactly is the right time to sing? And I think that this passage actually gives us um, not just a suggestion, it actually gives us a command upon which we as the people of God, if we are the people of God, are supposed to respond, sing, O barren woman. A barren woman. And I know it's Father's Day and you all came like, God, I need like, like, think of Dave, man, you could completely missed it. Let me just mention, seeing it is Father's Day, let me, like, I, I'm a dad, I'm a father, right? I'm a spiritual father, I'm the father of the house as well. So I understand there's different layers. But what exactly does it mean to be a father? Well, to be a father means that we are Christian leaders, we are leaders. What exactly is a leader? A leader is a mature disciple. Are you a mature disciple? Are you following someone, in other words? Follow me as I follow Christ. Are you following someone? Because if you're not following someone, you're probably taking a walk. But to be a disciple, an apprentice, to be a mature disciple, that's what a leader is. And that's our job as fathers. And all the fathers said? Okay, all the, all, all, all the mothers said? There was more amen from the mums and from the dads. A mature disciple. A mature disciple also understands the seasons. Understands the seasons. Someone always has to go first, don't they? Have you ever been in, like, as a kid and uh, I, I remember we were on a camp and... Um, it was there at Nanga, and we had this rope that went out into, um, out into the river. And like, we were over there. We were really young, and we were all gathered around this rope. And everyone wanted to have a crack. No one was doing it until someone went first. Someone went first. A mature leader, a mature disciple, always, well, maybe not always, but at some point understands the seasons and leadership Someone always has to go first. That person generally is the leader. And if you're anything like me, I know this. I mean, I preach this. But I always have excuses. Anyone else have excuses? Man, I always have excuses. This scripture, actually, it's not just, it's not actually, it's actually a commandment um, for the people of God lets us know, which I think is kind of cool, that God does know that there are some excuses that we can lean on. Yet, nevertheless, he still gives a command. Isaiah 54, verse 1 to 3. Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song, shout for joy. You who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. This couple of verses here, he is, is a throwback to the story of Abraham and Sarai. Barren woman. There's a key indicator right there. Right, right, off, the, right off the bat, God's actually pointing back to his story of, of his relationship with his people. There's some good excuses there why you shouldn't sing. I mean, you're barren. I mean, like, like, like seriously, like, if you're barren, it's not your fault, is it? There are things that are outside of your control, outside of your circumstances. Man, you're barren. Doesn't seem to um, stop the Lord from actually saying, sing. Isaiah 54, verse 4. Do not be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. Do not forget the shame of your youth. And remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. 
The idea of shame and humiliation, well, this is a throwback again to enslavement in Egypt. He's going through the story here. God knows there's some excuses. There's some good reasons. There's some legitimate reasons. I mean, could you imagine, not just one generation, right? Generation after generation after generation after generation after generation being dehumanized, being enslaved, being trapped, being held under the mightiest empire in the world. I mean, that's going to mess with your head, right? That's going to mess with your head. Some of us, actually all of us, are the product of generation upon generation upon generation upon generation. I live in a place, Armdale Gosnells, where there is generation upon generation upon generation upon generation. And it is so easy to look back and say, well, you don't understand, Dave. You don't understand God. And the reality is God would let us know, you know what? He actually does understand, but he still says sing. I mean, generations, that's going to build up some strongholds, eh? Man, I've got some strongholds. What is a stronghold? It is a fortified wall that traps in our mind. Man, I've got some stuff. And I'm sure you do as well. Generation upon generation. He brings it up. Doesn't seem to provide any place for excuse, though. I mean, like, this is a mean God. Seriously, why are you doing this, God? Verse 9 to 10. To me, this is like the days of Noah, when I swore that the waters of Noah um, would never again cover the earth. So now I have sworn not to be angry with you, never to rebuke you again. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. Nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. This is another throwback. Noah. Haven't really got it in chronological order, but it's a throwback to the covenant with Noah. I mean, there's got to be some excuses there when you literally see the world imploding in on itself, like literally like the water's coming and it is literally collapsing in on itself, right? Echoes. And in those times, I mean, like seriously, there must be some thoughts that go through your mind. There must be some lies that go through your mind. One of the lies I reckon still echoes today, and we dare not say it out in public, but sometimes I think there is a lie that does echo even in 2022, and that lie is simply this, God actually must hate me. He mustn't like me that much. Well... Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken. Turns out that's a lie. And my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. I mean, that, that lie, like, I'm, not, I'm not silly. I have no doubt that that lie is echoing in the chamber of people's minds even now, and it is a lie because God would say emphatically that his love will never end for you, his compassion is towards you, his love is pursuing you. I mean, that should make someone happy. No? Has anyone felt that lie? I feel that lie. I mean, God brings up the past, which highlights legitimate reasons. You know, that's what I find astounding. I mean, these are good reasons. These are historical reasons. (laughs) 
I'm thinking, God, you must be mean. Or you either mean or you've got something else in mind here. Because you're, you are bringing up the past. And we don't like bringing up the past, do we? We don't like it. The problem is God will bring up the past when he's leading us towards shalom, towards healing, towards flourishment. He'll, he'll dig up the past. You might want to bury it. Like, get your shovel out and I'm going to pat that down. I'm going to make sure that is there. I'm going to dig 10 feet down. I'm going to st- and God will say, okay, bring it up. Let's deal with that. There are legitimate historical reasons, excuses, occasions. And then it seems odd to me that even though he brings that up, he still commands no sin. Not a suggestion. It's a command. I mean, why in the world would a loving God bring up the past and seemingly to disregard these legitimate reasons? Well, you need to know the seasons, you see. You need to understand the seasons. You need to notice where Isaiah 54 is actually located. Here's an easy one. What do you reckon, what chapter do you reckon comes before Isaiah 54? Isaiah 50. And what comes before Isaiah 53? Isaiah 50. 52. Well done. You passed maths. <laughs> I'm not a teacher, so I can actually say that. <laughs> Isaiah 53 comes before that. In fact, the end of Isaiah 52 into Isaiah 53. And we read these amazing, familiar um, passages um, like this. Who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up uh, before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of the dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that, would, that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from, the, uh, from whom the people hid, hide their face. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took our pain and bore our suffering, yet... We considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our inequities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Mm. Does that sound familiar? Probably too familiar. Because if it wasn't too familiar, we'd be up running around the place right now. Why is the reason why in Isaiah 54, Yahweh speaks to his people, the people of God, and says, sing, O barren woman. Well, the reason is because the suffering servant's already come. You know who that suffering servant is, by the way? I mean, I spent all this time teaching about the biblical story. The Messiah's come. The suffering servant has already come. And when a suffering servant comes... You need to understand the season. When is the right time to sing? Well, if you're a mature disciple, a leader, as we aspire to be, we will understand that the right time to sing, get this, is when we are barren. Does anyone feel barren here? Yeah? That makes no sense, does it? You guys came for an uplifting message, and I'm talking about barrenness. But if you are in a position in a moment of barrenness right now, this may well be the word of the Lord. 
Isaiah 52, 50, uh, 54 verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. When do you enlarge the place of your tent? When you're barren, right? When do you lengthen your cords? Man, I'm actually trying to relearn how to preach. You need to give me a little bit here. When do you lengthen your cords? When do you strengthen your stakes? When is the least time, like, 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 as far as strengthening your stakes, when is the, like, when is the least, like, sort of, um, I can't even, my word's not working. Oh. Barrenness is the time where you least want to strengthen your stakes. Do you know how to strengthen stakes? You've got a stake in the ground. How do you strengthen that stake? You get a hammer. Right? Who in the world wants to be hammered when they're barren? And sing about it. Like, happy, happy. Praise you, Lord. I am barren. I am dead. I am lamenting. Praise you, Jesus. I just want to glorify God. When do you strengthen your stakes? When you're barren. When do you sing? And you're barren. What's the one thing we don't want to be? Because it makes no sense. Yet God commands us to sing. Unless, of course, you don't think you're barren. And if you don't think you're barren, then we've got a problem. The barrenness, the location or the residence of being barren doesn't bode well with a prosperity or soft prosperity gospel. But it lines up smack bang with Jesus. Barrenness. Have you ever had a friend or family member who was unable to have children? We've had quite a few. Um, close ones, actually. And um, even in our in our life group, um, we had a miracle child that came forth. Even Ricky, like a beautiful miracle child. And there was this question of like, could this beautiful couple have children? But I know the journey of like walking with, um, with couples who are unable to have children, there is like deep, deep sorrow. There's lament, there's despair, and there is also constant Constant, constant distraction. Distraction, 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 distraction until reality hits again and sorrow. It's not a pleasant place to be. I wonder what the biggest deception is that captivates the Christian mind in Australia. I reckon one of the biggest deceptions would have to be this. We are not barren. That would have to be one of the biggest deceptions that's running around. Ten years ago, if you walked into this very building and you experienced the atmosphere, if you looked around, you would look around and say, yeah, man, this place barren. Yeah, this place dead. I mean, I don't even care if it's offending people. Like You would have walked in, you would have said that. This place barren. You walk in today and you look around and we experience all these kinds of things... 
I wonder if you walked in today, if you would actually consider in your mind, you know what? This place is barren. I wonder if you would. I would like to say right now, I've led this church for over 10 years, and I have led New Spring to this point. New Spring Church is right here, right now, barren. What a successful leadership. (laughs) We're barren. And for those of us who are honest to actually to really think and experience it, I mean, you ask Hobie Newman, we're barren, aren't we? Yeah? Ask Brett, you reckon we're barren? Yeah, we're barren. The problem is when you say things like that, people don't really like it. But to be honest, I'm kind of excited that we're in a barren place. In fact, from February 1, when I come back, I am growing with greater excitement and even more passion um, to actually lead us in our next season. And I know the destination point at the end of the next season, it is going to be another place of barrenness. And that's a good thing. But we get highly offended, don't we? Jesus says, don't take any offense. And we walk around saying, man, I don't know. I'm going to pick that up. Jesus said, don't take it. I'm going to take that. I was um, listening to a comedian talking about Australians. And he was talking about offense. He said, we don't even take our own. We're offended for other people now. Isn't that right? Man, I'm offended for you. People come, Dave, I'm offended for you. It's like, dude, you don't need to be offended for me. And trust me, I'm not going to be offended for you. I really not. If there's injustice, that's a different thing. I will stand for justice. And if you cannot stand, you better believe I will stand on your behalf for justice. But I will not be offended on your behalf. Especially when Jesus says, don't take it. I wonder if we actually held, like, if there was one commandment we were going to like, like actually obey. You know, one Imagine if there was just one commandment to obey, and that was, take no offence. Well, we're stuffed, aren't we? (laughs) That's a hard one, but we get highly offended, people. One of my first things walking into this church, it it completely sideswiped me. I had never considered that Christians would get offended. I never considered when we started doing things around this place. I never, I never thought it really, it really, it doesn't surprise me now. Ten years ago, it never occurred to me that Christians would get offended at the thought that we can grow and we can be better. It never occurred to me. But Christians get offended all the time. And you don't need to. So when I say we're in a place of barrenness, I want to rejoice about that. I want to be okay with that because the attitude and the posture of barrenness is the attitude of kingdom citizens. And we've been learning about this. It's the posture. It's the attitude. What does a kingdom citizen look like? Well, we have a great description of what kingdom citizens look like. It's called the be. Beatitudes. Do you remember that? The Beatitudes. This is my kingdom people. This is what it looks like. You look at all this. They're the kingdom people. And now, after the Beatitudes, this is what you can anticipate and expect kingdom people to do. Bang, 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 bang. That's how it works. But kingdom people, kingdom people, what does a kingdom citizen look like? Blessed are the poor in spirit. That sounds barren, right? Poor? But that's a blessed position. 
That said, congratulations, Makarios, welcome in. <laughs> Blessed are those who mourn. Oh, that's barren. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Drill down a little bit further, that righteousness language. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for God's justice. Throw back to Genesis, where we are supposed to be people of shalom, flourishing. Jesus is saying, this is what my people look like. They carry out flourishment. Isn't that good to know? Fantastic. Blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure of heart, blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But blessed are the poor in spirit. Barren. I don't know, but like the thing that sort of excited but also unsettled me when, when God's saying, I want you to start preaching again. And again, I'm not sure, I don't even know if I'm preaching now, but I want to proclaim some stuff. It's because I know that when God says start proclaiming, it means that God's already started to move. But do we know the season? That's all I'm saying. Here's what happens when a church that is barren, or a husband that is barren, or a wife who is barren, or a father who is barren, or a mother who is barren, or a sister or a brother who are barren and they don't know they're barren, this is what happens. They don't sing. They can't sing. They can't enlarge. They can't extend. They can't strengthen. Because strengthening means that you are going to be driven into the ground. And in those seasons and in those moments where God seems to come and go, you can either understand the season, say, okay, God, you are doing something right here, and I'm going to rejoice in that. Or otherwise, you can go down a different road and not understand what's happening, and it's like, oh, you run away because you don't understand the seasons. Because that's what happens when we don't know we're barren. Has anyone been getting some, like, real hard shots of late? Yep. Don't recognize the season. Stakes being driven into the earth. They don't recognize and they don't embrace it. 20 years ago, I heard this beautiful, beautiful poem. It sounded so great. It says this. I have mentioned it a couple of times. When God wants to drill a man and thrill a man and skill a man, when God wants to mold a man to play the noblest part, when he yearns with all his heart to create so great and bold a man that all the world should be amazed, watch his methods, watch his ways. How he ruthlessly perfects who he royally elects. How he hammers him and hurts him and with mighty blows converts him. How he bends but never breaks. When his good he undertakes. How he uses whom he chooses and with every purpose fuses him but every act induces him to try his splendor out god knows what he's about 20 years ago at the age of 21 i kind of looked at it and said man that sounds really cool you know what i could actually use that in a sermon i can preach that and everyone go wow that sounds so amazing that sounds so eloquent dave the problem is since about 2020 march up until this point that's been my life man it's unpleasant unpleasant And as we are here right now in September, I'm beginning to see with much more clarity that I am on the cusp of something new. And I believe that we are on the cusp of something new. And if anyone wants to come with, we're going to head there. 
New Spring Church, barrenness is a place of residence. And we should celebrate in that. Blessed are the poor in spirit. When we recognize this place, it brings life. It brings freedom. It brings healing. It brings flourishment. Christians who know they are barren, they sin. I think sometimes you come to a point where you're so barren, you can't do anything but sin. I know there are people in this, in this auditorium even now, there have been moments in your life, you've come to a point in your life when you can do anything but sin. Isn't that right? I think of Janet. Janet, I know there are places in your life and you come to a point and there's nothing but singing. And you do it well. Man, you sing, girl. You sing. So like I said, I've got three opportunities to set a frame. February 1, 2023 is a day of a brand new season for our church. It's a season which implies there's going to be new wineskins. And that's not prophetic, that's just obvious. Here's something offensive. You might be offended. Don't worry, it offends me more than anyone else. A new season assumes that this present season is now obsolete. That's uncomfortable. Had fruit. Let me tell you, the fruit tastes good. But now it's barren. And that is such a blessing. Such a blessing. Imagine if we reframed our mind that we heard barrenness and we said, that is a place of blessing. Barrenness. I'm aware. I recognize. I acknowledge my barrenness. And that causes me to fall to my knees. It's a place of blessing. Because you, you and I could possibly come to terms with this blessed destination. We will sing. We will sing. Probably out of tune. But we will sing. It doesn't matter if we sing out of tune. The thing I love about singing is that we take breaths together. We do stuff in unison. If we could possibly come to terms with this destination, we will enlarge. You can't enlarge what you do not have. So what do you have? What have you got? Barrenness is not a place where you want to enlarge, is it? But that seems to be what the scripture says. We will lengthen. And we will also strengthen. We will strengthen. We will strengthen. Sing, O barren woman. It's a place of blessings. It's a place where healing comes. I wonder if there are any husbands and wives and you would recognize and acknowledge that we are in a place of barrenness. You don't want to admit it, so you don't want to admit it in church. Or you might do it in secret. After the service, Dave, come pray. 
Father's Day. Fellas, are you barren? Something I've observed, and I'll just mention it. I don't want to really unnecessarily bring something up, but let me do it. Self-promotion is running rife at the moment. And I've just noticed a bit of it running in some of the lives of people I necessarily didn't expect in the church. I think that when the limelight gets taken from Jesus and onto a person, I think that's not a great thing. But it can happen so easily. A great antidote, I think, is barrenness. I don't promote my preaching or anything like that. Because I'm pretty aware I'm pretty stuffed. I'm pretty barren. Maybe that's a bit of a tweak some people need to consider. Word to the wise. Bit of advice. Barrenness is a blessed place, church. New Spring, we're in a place of barrenness once again. How awesome is that? How beautiful is that? How freeing and liberating is that? Because it means we can sing. It means we can fall to our knees. It means we can cry out once again in desperation. Sing. The only hiccup's going to be if you or I or we as a church don't realise we are actually barren. And I believe that is the word of God for us this day. Amen. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Lord. So beautiful, Lord. Lord, thank you for your upside-down, crazy kingdom that makes literally no sense. A place of blessing is a place of barrenness. The season for singing is when we don't want to. The season of extending, the season of enlarging, the season of strengthening is a season where we don't even want to do that. I pray that over these next couple of months that you will take this beautiful church in extraordinary ways. I commit those three and a half months where Andrew and I, we leave and we entrust this church that you would do remarkable things. I pray that in the absence of the giftedness and the grace that you place upon my life, that the grace upon this church would just exponentially grow and expand. I pray for Brett and Marnie as they lead, that the call and the giftedness on them, it will be solidified beyond doubt. Father, I pray for such great joy and peace. And as a team come around them, I would pray that there would be such a loving culture of support and encouragement, Lord. We pray as a church family 
that when we hear, when we see that people are in need, that we would run, that we would care, and we would love. And Father, I pray that when we return in February, we'll look around and say, well, this place obviously doesn't need us. But we're blessed to be part of it. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. How about you stand? Let's respond to God in worship and in praise. If you need prayer, come forward for prayer. If you need to kneel, come kneel. If you need to walk around, walk around. But let God know, I have heard you this day, and I'm going to respond to your word. Amen.
Beautiful. Well, let us go forth and eat sugar and carbs and drink um, caffeine. And for those of us, like Larissa, we will pray for her in Jesus' name. Amen. Be blessed. Have a great Father's Day. Amen.